Welcome, and thanks for checking out the Living Word Family Church Sermon Podcast. Before we get to the message, we'd like to invite you to check out Living Word Family Church if you don't already have a church home. For more information, you can check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. This is the first day of the rest of my life. So I choose to serve God with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my mind, and all that's in me. Amen. Amen. If you really mean that, that's what I'm going to talk about today is living life wide open. How many of you want to live life wide open? Have a passion to live life. You know, it takes a passion to live life sometimes because we don't always go through everything that's good, do we? Because we have things that bump, bumps in the road. But listen, my friends, God has made a way <laughs> that we can live life and live it more abundantly. It isn't just about material things. It's about living your life wide open to do the things that God's called you to do and be a blessing to others as he has blessed us. Amen? Amen. And it's called The Passion. See, we've, uh, The Passion of Christ. How many of you saw that movie, The Passion of Christ? My goodness. I mean, he went through so many things, did he not? He came down from heaven where he, where he owned everything. Everything was his. He was a king. He was a prince in heaven. And yet now he came down to rescue us. Amen? He came down to rescue us. He gave up everything, but he had a passion to do it. Nothing could stop him. We just read the, you know, the night that he was betrayed. He's sitting with his disciples, and he's, he knows where he's going. Does he not? He knows he's going to go to the cross. He's going to give his life for us, a sinless life for us who gave his life for us, and he did it. He could not do it in his own strength and his own ability. How many of you know we can't live this life in our own strength and own ability? If you think you can, you've missed the whole point. It's with, it's God's grace and mercy that takes us forward. It's his Holy Spirit that gives us unction to live this life. But, in, but running a life of passion, how many of you want to run your life with passion? It's like having a purpose and having a passion in life. Now, here's in, in John Piper's book, you might, there's a book out there called uh, 50 Reasons Why Christ Suffered and Died, and it's 50 of really good things, scriptural things. You ought to read it sometimes. But he had a passion to do the will of the Father, and he never turned back from that. Listen to some of the scriptures in John 4:34. My food or meat is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. Amen. John 5:30 said Jesus got, said I did not come to seek my own will but the will of the Father who sent me. Guess what the will of the Father was? <laughs> to rescue us. Amen. To get back, buy back a lost generations of all time. When Adam gave up the right <laughs> to be the son of God, God sent his own son to redeem us and buy us back. Did he not? Amen. Amen. So he goes over in John 6, 38, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Amen. This, he had a passion to fulfill the will of the Father and do what he had called him to do. Amen. He, he, he ran the race and he won, did he not? And the vic, because of that, we can have victory in our own lives. Hallelujah. I hope you're getting excited today. Uh, Gary told me he's going to give me a few amens if I give him some money. But, you know, hey, listen, we ought, we ought to connect. When you connect, 
listen, why is it that we, we can go to a ball game and get rowdy and, and, and you know, I, I, read a, I read a little quote. Uh, it said that we can go to a ball game and a- act like Comanche Indians, but we can go to a church service and act like wooden Indians. <laughs> We've got a Savior. We've got a Redeemer. We've got a one, that, a one that ran his race and comp- accomplished all that the Father had sent him to do, and he did it with what? Passion. Amen? We should live no less. Amen? We've been redeemed from darkness. We've been redeemed from the curse. We've been redeemed, and we, have, we should have passion to run this race. Passion, exuberance, fire. Amen? Passion or zeal. He had a passion or zeal for his father's house. Did he not? Over in John 2, 13 through 17, it says this. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And he found in the temple those who, who sold oxen and, and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. And poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, Take these things away and do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for for your house has eaten me up. Zeal for my father's house. What made Jesus mad? You know, it wasn't the sinners. It was the religious people. Amen. He would say today, have a passion, have a zeal for the things of God. Don't get religious on him. Don't get quiet and, and sit down and never, never utter a word about who, who redeemed you. Get live. Get alive. Amen. <laughs> but he had a passion for people. In John 17, the high priest of prayer, he says this. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And you sent me into the world that I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I have sanctified myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Amen. Our life is not our own. Say my life is not my own. It's been bought with a price, by his own price, the price of giving his life for us. Amen? So Jesus had a passion. He lived with a passion. In Hebrews, 11, or, uh, Hebrews 12, 2, it says, For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Who was the joy? We're sitting here today. Some of us are standing here today. What he saw, what was going to be accomplished for him going to the cross, that he was going to redeem mankind out of the darkness and put us back into the light. Amen? Amen. Amen. So Jesus lived a zealous, passionate life all the time. He's our example. Who's our example? We shouldn't be comparing ourselves one to another. We, ought to, we have one example, my friends. His name is Jesus, and he is the Christ. That's who we compare ourselves to. Are we living up to the standard that he's called us to? Just asking. Passion. Passionate showing strong emotion, zeal, eager uh, interest with enthusiasm. You know, it's so easy to lose your enthusiasm. 
You know, you probably all know people, and don't look right or to the left here, but they're old before their time. They give up before their time is up. You know what I'm saying? We're not to do that. We're to be zealous. We're to, we're to, we're to be full of the energy of God. That's why I always like some of our, what we call our generals of the faith that we read about. They were in their 70s and 80s and 90s and even into their hundreds. They gave their life for Christ and they were still exuberant. They were still had a passion for Christ. They still had a passion for life. Amen? How many of you know we can have a passion for life? Not just we, everything we do. Now, Matt stole part of my message because he read one of the scriptures that I'm going to read pretty soon. You saw that, didn't you? You just brought that down. You, but it, he already put it up there, up there. But see, Jesus had a, he was zealous for life. Passion is about a basic mindset and, and a hard attitude for embracing life. Positively, energetically, full bore. You know, there are things that are going to try to steal you and knock you off of having a, a decent life, right? Trying to drab. Who, who do you think does that? But Jesus said, I've come to give you life. Say life. And life more abundantly. Amen? Everything we do is wrapped around, should be wrapped around him. Passion is a zeal or a fire and excitement and intensity that one feels when the, on the inside when things that are, uh, that are important to them. How many of you know you can have passion for something and for one thing and not have passion for another? But he gave that scripture, and I'll just read it. Put it up there real quick. And whatever you do, I'll read it some more later, but whatever you do, say whatever. What is whatever? Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Amen? That's passion. Everything you do in life should have a passion to it. Right? Now listen, that first church had a passion. They, wrote, they, they walked with him three and a half years. And, and before he was crucified, Jesus, or Peter denied him, did he not? But after he was crucified and the Holy Spirit came, they had such a passion for life. How many of you ever read Fox's book of Mar- Martyrs? You ought to read that sometime about the people that have given their life for the kingdom and for Christ. Amen? And they're still doing that today. We live in a very uh, sheltered world even though here in america you know did you see when when isis cut the heads off of those coptic christians think much about it they didn't they didn't give up they didn't say we renounce christ they could have because you know that's the muslim way if you just say well i renounce christ and i accept you know muhammad well, you can, you, can, you can pass, but they didn't do that. There's people being persecuted all around the world today for the name of Christ. How many of you know that the battle is not against Republican or Democrat? It's against his Christ. Amen? But listen to some of the things. Stephen was the first martyr. James, the brother of John, was brought to the tribunal seat he had, he had brought him, and, was, and, and the person that had brought him to that tribe, seeing him to be condemned to suffer death, was so moved in his heart and conscience that he would, went to the execution. He confessed himself of his own accord to be a Christian. The one that accused James, 
Now, what was James doing? James was one of the disciples that had been spread around the world to preach the gospel. That was their passion. It's preach the gospel, the living word of God, the truth that sets us free. Amen? And so, but it goes on to say, he did it of his own accord to be a Christian. They were led forth together on the way he asked James to forgive him for what he had done. James turned and said to him, peace be with you, brother, and kissed him. Both were beheaded in A.D. 36 for the cause of Christ. They weren't beheaded because uh, they were doing something against the, go- the government as we know it. or something. They were doing it because they did something good. They, told, they were telling people how to be born again, how to be saved, how to be redeemed from the curse. Amen? And yet they were being persecuted. I mean, it just blows me away. You can't do that unless you have a passion. You have a heart. You have a heart for the things you're called to do. Amen? And it goes on to say, here's here's Thomas preaching through the Mideast, slain with a dart in India. Simon, the brother of Jude, crucified in Egypt. Uh, Mark uh, went all through Egypt, drawn into and burned to death. Bartholomew preached in Armenia, persecuted beaten, crucified, and beheaded. Wow. Now, that sounds, that sounds pretty gross, but you know what? They had, a, they had a desire to do the will of God. They had a desire to preach Christ. They were going to be just like the one that had died for them. They had given their life for Christ. Some would say today, I'll give my life for Christ. Are you willing to live for him? <laughs> That's probably a bigger statement. Amen? Andrew, the brother to Peter, preached in Ethiopia, Ethiopian region, preached against idols and other gods, charged and condemned not to teach and preach or be crucified. He said he would not have preached the honor and glory of the cross if he feared death of the cross, whereby he was crucified. Wow. Now that's passion, my friends. You don't do that just because you have a whim. I'm going to serve God. I'll serve God when it's good, when everything goes well. What are you doing when it isn't going well? Are you still going to serve him? Are you still going to glorify him? Matthew, after he had converted to the faith much of Ethiopia and Egypt, the king had him run through with a spear. Philip (laughs) burned along with his daughter, crucified. James, the Lord's brother, was thrown off a building by scribes and Pharisees. Peter was crucified upside down. Wow. And why did they crucify him upside down? Because he says, I'm not worthy to be crucified, right, as my Lord. Now, I know that sounds rough, but I'm talking about, what am I talking about today? Having a zeal and a fire and a passion for the things of God. The one that redeemed us and saved us for all eternity. We sang that great, great, great song, Amazing Grace. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've now less days to praise his name than when we first begun. How can we do that? Because of what he did. Amen? Amen. How, would, how many people do you know that you'd like to take with you that maybe aren't going there? You've got to have a passion for it, a boldness. These people had a passion. These, these men went out with a passion for the things of Christ. John, the great, great John, where we get the book of Revelation and the book of John, was boiled in oil and banished to the Isle of Patmos. Amen? For the kingdom of God. 
Now, Paul was on the way to Damascus. Saul of Tarsus was his name. He was a terrorist. You know, if Saul was living today as Saul, he would have been known as a terrorist. Is that right? You know, you think about that. He would have been a member of ISIS, I'm sure. And then he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go to Philippians if you have your Bibles. Now, this is Saul who became Paul. And Paul had a way about him that he went everywhere. He, he had so many things happen to him, it wasn't even funny. But yet, he never lost his zeal for God. But it reads here in, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 4. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised the eighth day of the, of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, uh, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, the, those I have counted lost, lost for Christ. Yet I indeed also count all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, in Christ the righteousness which is from God by faith. Now, Paul writes that, and he says he's writing that, and he's done all sorts of things. We read so much about what Paul said because of the letters that Paul wrote, right? And, and they still are applicable today. But Paul's done all these things, and he's ran his race, and he now, what does he say? In verse 11, he says this, or 10. What do I want to know? What's this all about? What is life all about? Huh. Here it is, that I might know him. Paul, you've done all this stuff. Isn't it time to sit down and relax and, and, and just retire and get on the shuffleboard court, you know? No, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, that by any means I may attain the resurrection from the dead. And in verse 14, he says this. I brought, you would think Paul would be ready to sit down and not do anything anymore. But no, he says this in verse 14. I press towards the mark for the gold, for the prize of the upward call of Christ Jesus. Therefore, he said in verse 13, forgetting those things that lie behind. Amen? Amen. Forget what you did yesterday. Get ready and do something good today. Amen? Live your life for tomorrow and today. Because today we might be standing before him. If you really believe this Bible and you know that someday we'll all have to give account of our life and stand before him, wouldn't you want to go in and saying, hey, I ran my life with passion. I, I, I ran my race with passion and I gave my life for Christ. Brethren say, just got, just got in by the skin of my teeth. <laughs> Amen. 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 Makes me think. That makes us think, doesn't it? But here, three areas that we should be sold out, no holes barred. We're to be servants of Christ, a model of the character and passion, passionate servants. There again, whatever you do, do it heartily and not as to the Lord, not as to men, for knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, which is 
because you serve the Lord Christ. Amen? Listen to some of these quotes. One man said, renew your passions daily. Another man said, fires can, can be made, can't be made with dead embers, nor can enthusiasm be stirred by spi- uh, spiritless men. Enthusiasm is our daily work, lightens effort and turns even labor into pleasant tasks. John Maxwell said a great leader is, a leader's courage to fulfill his vision comes from passion, not position. Amen? Titles don't mean anything if you get down to it. It's what you, it, it, people know who you are. When I was in the, in the Navy, which was just a few days ago, <laughs> whew, man, time goes fast, doesn't it? The time goes fast. But when I was in the Navy, I served under a lot of different, I mean, we had admirals on our ship. I was on a carrier, and we had, the captain was a, a, would be a full-blurred colonel, which you would, those of you in the Army or other branch of service, they would be a full-blurred colonel. Then we had commanders and, and so forth. And position is always good, and you want to obey because of their position. But Bill would tell you, the ones that were easy to follow are the ones that didn't demand respect. They commanded it. In other words, they were leaders. Amen? Amen. And they did things with a passion. I, I served under a, one of the navigators I had. He's still alive, as a matter of fact. Commander T.J. Hudner, he was a navigator for a while and ended up uh, retiring out as a captain. But in, in 1951, he was in World War II as a pilot in, a little, uh, in the Navy. And his wingman was a was a, uh, I don't know why I'm telling this story, but you probably need to hear it, <laughs> was, was the first black Navy pilot. And C- Commander Hudner at that time was just a lieutenant, or a, a lieutenant JG. And his wingman got shot down in North Korea. And Commander Hudner ditched his plane in the snow to try to save him. But he couldn't get him out of the cockpit, and he burned to death. And... They gave him the Medal of Honor. But when you served under this man, you'd never know he had won the Medal of Honor. Because he served with honor and passion about what he did. He went to North Korea. I read here recently about a, about a year ago, he took a group to North Korea to try to find a plane that his wingman had crashed into that mountain. But he, w- he never raised himself above other people. He just commanded respect. In fact, most of us didn't know it for a long time that he didn't won the Medal of Honor. Amen? You don't command respect. Well, I've got a position. You've got to respect me. No, you command it. You don't ask your troops to do anything you wouldn't do yourself. And you probably have done it. That's probably how you got the position. Amen? But you do it with passion. You do it with zeal. You live life with zeal. Here's another one. Wesley says, when you set yourself on fire, people love to come and see you burn. Don't you like to be around passionate people, exciting people, people that have something going on? Rather than talking about all the things that are going on in the world, don't you get tired of that? 
you want to get drawn down real quick, just turn the news on for a little bit in one of the major networks and start listening to that and, or get around somebody that's talking about, oh, me, oh, poor me, I'm getting old. You know how it is when you get old. You know how it is when you get 40 or 50 years old. You know, aches and pains start coming, and you know, and, but, but uh, now I'm 65. I can get the free coffee at McDonald's, or I can do the, no, quit it, quit it. They say the Apostle John was probably close in his 90s when he was boiled in oil and put on Patmos and got the revelation of Jesus Christ. Wow. Don't you want to live life like that? Exuberant. Not giving up. Well, you know how it is and you get a little older. I don't know how we're going to make it. You know, I mean, I don't know how we're going to make it. Well, I guess you won't know how you make it. Amen. A.W. Tozer said this, keep your feet on the ground, but let your heart soar as high as it will. Refuse to be average or surrender to the chill or your spiritual environment. Amen? We're to be passionate, enthusiastic. We find Caleb. We find Caleb. You know the story of uh, Joshua and Caleb who walked with Moses and, and worked with Moses and warred with Moses? And Caleb and Joshua were the only two out of uh, uh, the, the, the tribes of 12 that went over and the spies of 12 and came back with a good report. How many of you know a good report? But here we find jo- uh, Caleb and Joshua, and, and it says, Now behold, he's, uh, the Lord has kept me alive. He was in his 80s. As he, had, as he said, these 45 years, he was 85, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, where Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, here I am this day, 85 years old. Next verse. As yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me, just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Amen? Now, Joshua, or I mean, uh, Caleb could have said, well, I'm 85, I guess my time's up. No, he didn't say that. What did he say? I still got life in me. I'm as strong as when I was 45 or 40. Amen? I've been living 45 more years, and I still got life of God in me. I can still go out and take. Now he goes over in, in uh, uh, Numbers. Got that scripture in Numbers? Why could he do that? Numbers 14.24 in the Message Bible. Did I give you that one? But as my servant Caleb, this is a different story, it says. Different story. He has a different spirit. He follows me passionately. Well, you know, I mean, I gave my all at church. You know, I've, I've had people tell me that we're just my age, which is pretty young. Say, you know, I've served my time. What? Here's Caleb. He had a different spirit. He follows me passionately, the Lord says. I'll bring him into the land that he scouted, and his children will inherit it. You're not living for yourself. Are we living for ourselves? Say, somebody, thank you. Are we living for ourselves? No. You want to leave a legacy of an, an inheritance for your children, your children's children. My grandfather, my grandmother, served the Lord. 
you ever think of that? Wow. Well, you say, my folks never did that. But somebody was praying for you. Amen? Live your life with passion. My servant Caleb had a different spirit. Listen to this. I shouldn't get all teared up here, but it means a lot to me. Amen? Since I retired from life's competition, each day is filled with complete repetition. I get up each morning, dust off my wits, go pick up the paper and read the old bits. If my name isn't there, I know I'm not dead. So I get a good breakfast and go back to bed. Do you know I know people like that almost? That I worked with years ago on the railroad? What do you do? What do you do now that you're retired? Well, and these, this guy's younger than me. Well, I get up and have coffee and read the paper and go down to the local restaurant and talk to the guys, and then I come back and see what my wife wants to do. Now, that isn't too bad once in a while, but if that's all you're doing every day, every day, every day, your life doesn't mean much, does it? Does it? Amen? And you know there are Christians that do the same thing? Come on, we need, to, we need to get a life. See, I need to get a life. Amen. Joshua, or Jeremiah said this. Over in Jeremiah 20, verse 7 and 8 or 9. Oh, Lord, you induced me, and I was pursued. You are stronger than I am and have prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocks me. For when I spoke, I cried out. I shouted, violence and plunder. Because the word of the Lord was made, made me to a reproach and a, de, a derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him. In other words, I'm going to quit talking about him. Nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a fire, a burning fire. Shut up in my bones, I was weary of holding it back and I could not. I guarantee you what you put in will come out. You ever been around somebody's, maybe at your work or something, that's used to cussing and carrying on? They don't care you're around. Something happens, oh, blah, 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 blah. They'll go, they'll go off, won't they? You know why? Because that's what's in them. If you get the Word of God in you, you get stirred up in the wor- with the Word of God, guess what comes out when trouble comes or when, it, when things happen? The passion of Christ. You, begin, you can't hold it back. Amen? This is life. This is not just playing around. This is, we're not just here for just a little bit of time of this and do, what, do our own thing and grab all the gusto we can. We're here for a purpose and a time to serve Christ. He makes everything better. Amen? He makes everything better. Hudson Taylor, the great missionary, said, I saw him and I sought him and I had him and I wanted him. In other words... Those that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. So here, that, that, that's, that word again in Colossians 3.23, whatever you do heartily and passionately, the New International Version says work at it with all your heart. Whatever you do, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Amen? Anything you must do, anything you would do. How would marriages look if everybody was doing, uh, treating their spouse as unto the Lord? How would, it, how, would, how would your children be and feel if you treated them as unto the Lord? 
with his love and his compassion. His, you know, how would, how would your life be on the job when you treated people <laughs> as unto the Lord? Or you treated your job as unto the Lord? Amen? Doesn't matter what it is. Wouldn't it, it doesn't matter what it is. It could, you say, well, this, I don't do this. This is a piddly little job. Do it as unto the Lord. It won't be. Remember what it said? He's the one rewards and repays. He's the one that gives the increase. He's the one that has got a reward for you laying up in heaven. Maybe he's, I always remember like Tony Cook down in Ramah. Tony Cook's a great Bible teacher and ended up being a number of, wore a number of hats in Ramah. But you know what Tony Cook's first job was? Was to clean the bathrooms. But he sold the story. He, he did it with joy, with exuberance, with passion. He didn't stay there long. Why? Because he did it as unto the Lord. Whatever you choose to do. How many, how many, whatever you choose to do, do it as unto the Lord. Guess what? It'll be so much better for you. You'll be passionate about it. It's like, are you passionate about praising him? Are you passionate about worshiping him? Are you, well, I, I just, you know, I'm just kind of quiet. I've never heard anybody passionate at a ball, at some ball game or, or you know, they, or at a, at a rock concert. These people get up and wave their hands, jump up and down, jump up on each other. I'm just, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I can go see Luke Bryant, but they were out there for days parking in alongside the road down there in south of Tolono in Posotum, right? You know who Luke Bryant is? Some people do. I really didn't. I just knew he was a country western singer. But you know what? They were passionate about going to see him. And they stood out in the cold that night, because <clears throat> it got pretty cold that night, David, to see Luke, a guy sing. Right? And I bet you one thing, I bet you most of those people there knew every, every lyric of his songs. Don't you think? Why? Because they had a passion for it. Anything you're gifted to do. How many of you know if you get passionate about your gift, it'll get better? It will. It will. Use your gift. Use your gift. Be a blessing to somebody. Michael Jordan, who was one of the most gifted ballplayers ever, there's probably a little argument between the LeBron fans, but I still like Michael Jordan. He was certainly gifted. But he worked, they said he worked the hardest of anybody in practice. Why? Because he was passionate about what he did. He didn't want to lose. <laughs> Amen? And what, what did he do? He brought some teammates that were probably some of them mediocre ballplayers into a place where they could win the championship. Amen? Passionately love God and people. Have you got Matthew 22, verse 36 through 40? Praise the Lord. Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. That sounds like somebody is on fire and passionate for the things of God, doesn't it? He didn't say just a little bit of you. This is the first and great commandment, and the second one is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So what did Jesus just give us? He gave us a command to love God with everything we got wholeheartedly and love people. Did he not? And love ourselves. You know, some people don't love themselves because they keep condemning themselves. But how many of you know Christ never condemned us? He convicts, but he never condemns. 
So today, you can say, I can love people, and I can love God, and I can love myself because God said I could. And I'm going to get passionate about it. Well, that old so-and-so, I love my enemies too. Amen? How many of you know there are probably people you know that came to know Christ that were one time you didn't like at all, and they were kind of like enemies to you? All of a sudden, you're in the same camp. Changed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let your light shine that my men might see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. How about passionate fulfilling your purpose, living wide open, not passively. Passivity shorts out all the circuits and leaves us bored and in a rut. Passionate life is one of activity, enthusiasm, and energy. Amen? Amen. Don't you like to be around passionate people? Here's what one man said. The most powerful weapon on earth is the human soul on fire. On fire for life. I tell you what, it's, you have to stir that. You have to, uh, you have to fan into flame those things. I probably told you this story before. Back when I worked for the railroad, we used to, I was working a job down in, in, in Effingham, and it was, an ice storm down there, and I worked all week, and you had to wear cleats on the bottom of your shoes and get off the caboose like this because the ice was so thick. But the old-timers, they were, I was working with some old, older guys, and, and uh, I was pretty young, didn't know anything about a pot-bellied stove except when I used to play in the coal bucket when I was two years old at my grandparents' house. But I didn't know anything about stoking a stove. And they would, we would quit for the day, and they would pack that up in the side of that stove, and so those embers would stay warm, and then when they came back during the day, they'd open that, and they'd fan it up a little bit, pull those embers down, and the fire would shoot up, right? Well, I didn't pack it right, and I let the fire go out. I, I, heard, I, heard, <laughs> I heard some of those words I just said, I don't, <laughs> you know, what the blankety-blank, did you let that fire go out? <laughs> but the point of it is, you fan into flame that life that God has given you. You fan it in. God, I thank you that I have the life of God in me. I have his life, his nature, his ability. And the devil will say, don't you remember what you did? No, no, no. I don't live there anymore. I got the life of God on the inside of me. I got something to give away. Amen? Amen. Passivity snuffs out the vital inner blaze. Let our life shine. Amen? Whatever includes fulfilling your purpose. How many of you know you've been called with a purpose? Look at your neighbor and say, you've been called for a purpose. If you don't have a neighbor, just think about it. Just say it. I've been called with a purpose. Amen? Created for God's pleasure is one of them. Formed for God's family. Pastor Scott always said about us being family, and we are. Amen? Created to become like Christ. I told you this before. I heard it somewhere. There's nothing new under the sun. People say, where do you get that? It's probably somebody else I've heard. If you listen to enough tapes and CDs and, and hear people preach, you'll end up, that's who you'll begin to talk like, right? But what I always say is, he wants you to look like you and act like him. He wants us to act like Christ. 
He came with a passion. He came compassionate and passionate about redeeming us and fulfilling the plan and purpose and mission that God had called him for. We're shaped for serving God and made for a mission. Amen. You know about missions, don't you, Sergeant? Amen. Passion is the inner spark provided by God's Spirit that ignites you to live out your God-given purpose. Now, how do we keep the fire burning? There's, that's important. If the fire's, if it's about to go out and the embers are getting a little, you know, about to, the last little ember is about to go out. Well, number one, you stretch beyond your comfort zone. You begin to do something you're not used to doing. How about sharing with somebody the gospel? You say, well, I could never do that. Why not? All you have to do is say, you know, I was going down the wrong road, and Jesus intercepted me. Now I'm on the right road, on my way to heaven. Amen? It becomes easier the more you do it. And you can, you know what? We, we are allowed to pray for boldness. Did you know we prayed for boldness? If, if those apostles prayed for boldness, if Paul prayed for boldness, we can pray for boldness. And guess what? God is faithful. He'll give us boldness to speak to somebody we really probably didn't want to speak to in the first place. Amen? But then you step out past your comfort zone. Amen? Maybe it's something you do in here. Maybe it's stepping out and praising God a little bit more exuberantly. <laughs> Amen? Amen. It's called passion. If you really believe what you believe, how could you not praise his name? When I think of his goodness and what he's done for me, how could I not praise his name? Well, I'll praise him. You know, I praise God. No! I'm excited. He saved me. I'm closer to heaven than I've ever been. Amen? But while I'm here, I want to praise his name. Taking risk. How many of you know it takes passion to take a risk? One man, they saw, one, I remember a story one time of an older man walking on the beach. He was like 90 years old. He ran into a younger man, and, and the older man seemed down and, 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 and just all down about life and everything. And, and the younger man says, well, I know you. you you've, you've started so many businesses, and you were a wealthy man. You were worth millions of dollars, and you've done all kinds of things, went all over the world. And he says, why are you so down? And he says, because I missed my purpose. So you can have all those things, but you put him first. Amen? Just like he said, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the other stuff will be added to you. The rich young ruler couldn't do that, could he? Everything was about him. He didn't know if I just give my life to Christ and be passionate about I can have all these other things too. Here's what T.S. Eliot said. Only those who risk going too, too far can possibly find out how far one can go. Amen? They never, you know, when, uh, who was it that ran the four-minute mile? Jim, was it? Bannister, Jim Bannister, wasn't it? Roger Sir Bannister. You know, they had never ran the four-minute mile. Nobody had ever, Roger Bannister runs the four-minute mile. Now, all of a sudden, what soon after that, People are running a four-minute mile like crazy. No, how do you do that? Because somebody took a risk and ran harder than they'd ever run. Amen? Amen. Say amen, somebody. 
1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27 in the Message Bible says this. You've all been to the stadium and seen the athlete run, athletes race. Everyone runs. One wins, run to win. All good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You're after one that's gold, that's gold eternally. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. Say that. I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. Amen? Amen. How about surround yourself with passionate people? You know, we've said this many times. You become like who you run with. You become like who you hang with. Get around somebody who's going somewhere. Don't get around somebody who's down in, mouth, down in the mouth and in the molly grubs, never doing anything for God. Well, you know how it is being a Christian. is really tough. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a pleasure to know him. I want to be around people that are, you know, just doing life wide open, passionate about everything they do. Amen? Amen. If you played sports of any kind, you could, I basketball and I played some tennis and I played, especially those kind of games where you compete with somebody rather than golf. It's kind of like you compete on the, with the course and you can beat it. Well, you never can beat it the way you want to beat it. But, but it was always good to play somebody just a little bit better than you. Now, if you go out and you play a Michael Jordan in a basketball game, guess what? But if you played somebody just a little bit better than you, guess what? You're going to get better. If you're hanging around people that love God and got a passion for the things of God and, and passion for life, and you, can, you don't have to try to stir it up in them, you just see it come out of them, guess what? It isn't long. You're, you're doing the same thing. You're, you're, you know, you become like who you hang with. You know, hang with people that, that are word of faith people, that are people that know how to get a hold of God, know how to pray, not the, not the problem, the, the answer. Amen? Be excited about it. The Bible says in, in Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Amen? How about developing hunger for God's word and his presence? Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. How about give your life away? Give your life away. Go out and do things for people. Go out and be a blessing to somebody. Live your life with passion and excitement and zeal. As he gave his life for us, let's give our life for him. Amen? And for people. Do something good. Get involved. It's all nice. It's nice to take a vacation. It's nice to sit down once in a while, but we don't stop life just because of that. That's just a respite. That's just a little time we have to go do things. We stay engaged. Amen? Amen. Stay engaged with life. Go volunteer somewhere. Go give your time to somebody else that can't do things for themselves. Go visit somebody in the hospital or nursing home. Show up for the visitations and hug somebody's neck. Tell them you're sorry that something happened, but you're praying for them. Amen? Be a part of life. Do it with zeal. We used to sing a song. What was that? I, I got the life of God in me. I got his life, his nature, and his ability. Amen? 
Do we have that? If we have that, we'll have life. Here's what Titus says in 2.14. He gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify, uh, purify for himself a people for his own possession and those who are zealous for good works. That word zealous means passionate for the things of God. Amen? Then we need to see the big picture. You can stand up with me if you would. Praise God. We need to see the big picture. The big picture is we're not going to be here forever. Isn't that right? The big picture is that we're going to die someday. And the Bible tells us there's only two places to go. One is heaven, one is hell. But Jesus came to redeem us from hell so we could have life in heaven. Now, if you've accepted Christ, and I pray that you have, then you'll have to stand before him and receive the rewards for this life. But if you haven't, you're going to stand before the white throne judgment. And that's not the one you want to stand before. He said he came to give us life and life more abundantly. He gave his life for us. We were all sinners, and we needed a Savior. Today, if you haven't made that confession of faith in Jesus Christ, we always say, this is your day. Thanks for listening. We hope that this message encouraged and equipped you in your walk with Christ. Make sure to follow us on Facebook or Instagram to stay updated with what's going on at Living Word Family Church. Have a great day.